Hey y'all, welcome to the first ever Logotion podcast. Thank you for listening or watching, depending on your medium of choice. We're going to be diving into some really deep topics in this show, so I want to start with the concept of nuance and why it's important. This is my first actual podcast recording, and I'm still kind of getting the hang of monologuing. So the first few, I will be generally sticking to a script, and you know, I want to ask you to go easy on me to start with. Um, I hope to provide a lot of value to anyone who chooses to listen, and if you get any great value out of this, please like or rate and subscribe and leave a review or a comment because it would mean the absolute world to me. Um, thank you, and without any further stereotypical introduction, here is episode number one. So I want to um, start off this series by talking about the importance of nuance, and as with everything, this is going to be a nuanced explanation. So. What exactly is nuance? What is it really? It's, a, it's knowing that nothing is ever really black and white. So in a, in a great relationship, perhaps even a perfect one, you know, there will always be those unhappy moments that you and your partner have to sort out. You have to sort it out. In politics, you know, it's knowing that no single person, party, or ideology is 100% correct. Another example is when somebody expresses a complex opinion, but they seem to contradict themselves. And yeah, sometimes they do contradict themselves, but other times, both things are true. So in this way, facts and math are different. So in math, 2 plus 2 equals 4, but 2 plus 2 does not equal 7. However, if I give you a set of circumstances outside of math, or I don't know, even in math, I'm not good at math. I don't know why I'm even using that as an example. You'd have two facts that are contradicting each other, but are both true at the exact same time. For example, you could say that you care deeply about what people think about you, but what people think about you has no bearing on you. You care what people think, but you don't. This is a nuanced point. Now, some people have said that all truths are just half-truths. I, I disagree, um, not with this premise, but with the wording. Truth is truth, no matter what. However, multiple things can be true at once. And I would argue that the majority of things that are true are in fact nuanced truths. You know, there's so many places we can, you know, go from here. So let's go into probably the most controversial of the nuanced subjects, and that is religion. So I will not go as deep as to argue for or against the concept in existence of God or a God, you know, I am a Christian, but I'm not gonna, we're not gonna argue about that right now. But religion is probably the most nuanced topic possible. In many religions, there are seemingly infinite layers of nuance. Many of these nuances within religion are of symbolic storytelling, or more simply, the writers of the texts attempt to distill universal life lessons into easily understandable stories. Whether or not the stories themselves are true is less important than the morals, the morals of the story, the lessons that they give. Did Noah's flood actually happen? That's a nuanced debate on its own, but does it matter? Or is it the lesson of the story that matters? Did Jesus physically rise from his tomb again on the third day after his death? Again, debate of its own, but does it matter? To many Christians, yes, sure, but... The underlying lesson of the story is what is most important. What these stories mean, we can talk about another time, but this, this is just an, just an example of what nuance is. 
However, in, in our human nature, we attempt to distill everything further into efficient, non-nuanced truths and untruths. You know, God is real, or is it real? The Earth is 6,000 years old or 6 billion years old. Evolution is real or not. Climate change is real or a hoax. Capitalism or communism is the greatest or most evil economic uh, philosophy. You know, that person you're arguing with on Facebook is either a good guy or a bad guy. Or, you know, similarly, Democrats or Republicans, they're either good or evil. It never ends, it's, and, and it's all wrong. We just want to know what the ideal is so we can move on with our life. We want to know things down to a more simple level. However, that is both necessary for survival and a curse that leads to ideology. Ideology is order, and nuanced thought is more of chaos. And, you know, life well lived, a meaningful life, is lived at the boundary of chaos and order. That is a, you know, you look at the, uh, I forgot the name of the round symbol for uh, Taoism. And that's, that's what it means. So let's break it down to why we need both, you know, nuanced thought and more simplified ideological thought. And by thought, I mean, I'm referring to the actual processes in the brain in this case, not just, you know, conscious thought. So we need biological, or excuse me, ideological thought, simple, simplified thought to simplify life so we as humans can actually manage it. It's like the way your body perceives senses. You can only see a small bit of your surroundings that you're focused on, and the rest is kind of low-resolution periphery. You know, you probably do not consciously feel the seed or the ground you're standing on unless I bring it to your attention. Simplified or ideological thought allows us to push unnecessary things away to the periphery so we don't really have to pay attention to them. And without this function, our brains would be in just chaos, overload, it would, you know, living would be impossible. Now that being said, without nuance, everything is just the same as the next. You know, one food doesn't taste better or worse than the next. You know, those two shades of red would not have a difference. Each person is the same person as the next. There are no hierarchies. You know, nothing is more valuable than something else. There's no, there's no meaning. It's just dull. Life is dull. So simplified thought lets us avoid the sensory overload. Nuance allows meaning and value and, you know, beauty and things like that. However, you know, you can't have one without the other manifesting itself. And that's not just human nature. It is just the way nature works. It's order and chaos. If you have too much ideology, if you have too much simplicity, you have too much order, then little things will come up here and there, nuanced complications like little problems that don't fit in to your ideology. They will, they will start popping up and your ideology will not know how to handle it. And, you know, eventually the balance has to be restored. So... On the other hand, if you have too much nuance, too much chaos, then the universe will seek to provide some sort of order until there's a restored balance. And um, order can only come from chaos, and chaos can only come from order. It's, that's a whole topic in and of itself, but we can go into it later. But, you know, here's another example. And, by the way, this isn't an economic argument or anything like that. This is just an example. In any centrally controlled economic system or an economic system that tries to provide a fully regulated order, small issues will come up and eventually they will expand until they 
cannot be contained in the system. You know, usually this in involves the price calculation problem where, you know, they, the government or whoever tries to manage prices, but they end up messing up, you know, supply and demand and it just devolves into utter chaos. Utter chaos. It's ridiculous. You know, look at what's happening in Venezuela right now. That's been happening for the past few years. On the other hand, in a fully anarchic, capitalistic type economic system, all of the chaotic trading and other economic actions will inevitably settle down and become more orderly. Why? Because chaos is unsustainable. But so is order. And it's going to be a constant bouncing back and forth no matter what system you have. And so this you cannot be contained by any system because they occur naturally no matter what. But this is an economics piece. This is about nuance. So now you may say, yeah, I, I know what the nuance is important, but why are we talking about it, right? So if you haven't noticed, nuance is dead. No matter where you look, everything is trying to be contained in an orderly fashion. You know, kids are getting, you know, eighth place trophies because adults do not want to have to sit down and deal with teaching the nuances of accepting winning and losing and how to overcome it to their children. On an easier to understand level, you know, Donald Trump, the president of the United States, is either, you know, the savior of America or literally Hitler. And... Not a whole lot hold the position that he has some good and some bad. And worst of all, this era of dead nuance is, of course, a product of an ideology. Uh, generally speaking, that ideology is postmodernism. I will not go into you know the specifics of that here, and I'm not a very, I'm not a, I'm not an expert on this. Um, so I will just kind of give it in a nutshell, and I'm probably going to get parts of this wrong. Obviously, this is a conversation about nuance. Um, so this is a generalization. Anyways, uh, generally speaking, the belief is that there's an infinite amount of ways to contextualize, you know, not only text, but the universe and the world as a whole. And that has some truth to it, right? You know, but they follow that up by saying that many of the current cultural contextualizations in the world are due to hierarchies of power. And that power is the only thing. It's the only thing that matters. The only moral truth is power. The only religion is power. Everything could be distilled to a person or a collective group gaining or losing power. It's a singular ideological principle. So then they could turn around and say, you know, that thing is caused by a white patriarchal male power. And if you disagree, you are a racist, sexist, homophobe. You know, they shame people into submission because... You know, 99% of people do not want to be a racist, sexist, homophobe, or be called a rapist. In order to not be attached to that identity, the person being called the name generally backs down, right? And so, that's what they do. That's their tactic. They start using, you know, they call people names and identities and throw them at people until one sticks, or they force one to stick, you know? Like, Donald Trump is a racist, because he's a threat to their power. You know, Brett Kavanaugh and Roy Moore are rapists because somebody said something 40 years after it supposedly happened because they are a threat to their power. 
it doesn't matter to them if Trump is a racist or if Kavanaugh and Moore are really rapists. And obviously, if they are, they shouldn't be serving. But where's the proof? There's the, the burden of proof is on the accuser, right? But that that fucks with their power, so they can't they can't use it. It's just a matter of getting them out of the way so they can have more power. And it's just what happens in politics, right? And this happens in many other areas, uh, including science. You know, just like there's racist, there is, you know, climate change denier. And whether or not climate change is real or not or how it works is, you know, a nuanced topic, right? So we won't go in there. Another dangerous and very prominent area are in the, are in the uh, like, you know, diversity, race, gender, uh, LGBTQ communities. You know, is diversity good or bad? You know, what's the proper way to deal with these issues in society that we have? It's a nuanced topic, but not for postmodernists. Not for the people that are gaining power. If you're a straight white male, you're a privileged part of the patriarchy, and you're in the way of their power, even if you're a dirt farmer in West Virginia. White privilege. It's another nuanced topic. All of these things are very important to have cultural discussions about. However, it's impossible because of the identity, uh, identitarianism, the, the identity politics that surrounds these topics. You're not allowed to disagree with them. Or you're a racist, sexist, homophobe, rapist, whatever. It doesn't make conversations hard to have. It makes them impossible because they don't want to have a conversation. Because facts and logic... Freedom, natural rights, and all that, they're oppressive weapons of the white patriarchy, right? So emotional, ideological, you know, epitaphs cannot stand up to the facts and logic because, no, not because, you know, so, you know, they're, it's a threat to their power. So as a society, we, we need to reject ideology. We need to go back to nuance. We're getting too far into the... Um, into order all the parts of society that are part of the evil power structure and must must be dismantled that's that's not right if you take a step back and have a nuanced look at history now is the best time in human history to be alive a little bit of fucking gratitude for your position in history would go a long way we can't stay addicted to outrage we cannot stay stuck in our ideological corners yes we have problems that need to be worked out but we cannot have those conversations if we as a society are not willing to actually sit down and talk. Power is not the game. You cannot run a society just on power alone. History proves that time and time again. If we get too far into ide ideology, you know, the chaos will emerge and it will shatter everything that's been developed over these past centuries in the West. The most peaceful, peaceful time in human history will be swept away. And if they have, you know, if those that follow that, their ideological thought, if they get their way, the history of that time will be wiped away too. It's not just about the Confederate statutes. So, in, you know, what will emerge from that chaos? A better question is, will anything emerge? With the amount of nuclear weapons on planet Earth today, who knows? But that being said, this is the first time in human history that we actually have the ability to realize and prevent the destruction of a civilization thanks to the internet. It's not for a lack of knowledge that we will fail, because knowledge is 
easily accessible to every single person in the United States, in the West. We will fail because we don't want to see the other side. We don't want nuance. We don't. We want things to be simple. And life ain't simple. Alright guys, thank you again for listening, smashing that subscribe button and leaving a comment or a review and all of those other things people ask you to do at the end of these would absolutely mean the world to me. Episode number two will be out soon, I don't know exactly when, but soon. As of this recording, it is going to be on the concept of truth within relationships and the truth you know, in your own head. It's some deep shit, and I hope to have you here for that one, because it will probably have a lot more practical value for all of you. Thanks again. My name is Will, and I will see you in the next one.